If you have your Bibles, if you could go ahead and grab them and open up to Matthew, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. This past week, as we were soaping in the book of Matthew, I came across this passage that I've read many times here in Matthew 26 and saw this moment where things began to jump out at me that in many ways I was kind of surprised by. I started kind of looking at different scenarios and putting different pieces together and going, well, wait a minute, if this was here and this was here and, and then this was here and and so I kind of began processing through that and then shared that with Kasha. And Kasha went into, I have a big uh, board in my office where we can write, and she began writing things out. And I would kind of share things, and she would write it over here. And we had basically this whole picture of just these ideas and thoughts of things that were jumping out of us from this passage here in Matthew chapter 26. And it's interesting because in this passage, what we'll be reading is we'll be reading from a moment where we see Jesus actually spending time with his disciples, but not only is he spending time with them, he actually finds himself in great sorrow. It's moments that are leading up to the cross. It would have been after the triumphal entry. Jesus was with his disciples, and as that video spoke to, there was three times where Jesus actually asked for the cup to pass from him. Three times he modeled for us what submission looks like. Three times he began to to really show you and I what it means to walk not according to our plans, but to his plan. You see, Jesus had gathered his disciples together in Jerusalem, and it was a meal like normal. In fact, in the eyes of the disciples, there really wasn't a whole lot different. They had come into the city before, They were there to celebrate Passover, to remember how God had passed over the Israelites and and how when the death angel came through, all of the children of Israel were protected, but, but those who were a part of the Egyptians, they lost their firstborn child, their son. There was great mourning that happened over the land, but but the children of Israel, the people of God, rejoiced because the Spirit of God had passed over them and they were remembering that. And So the people had come in, the Passover was happening, today is actually Palm Sunday, a day where we remember Jesus coming into the city, but in this moment, Jesus was actually even foretelling pieces that all fit together, like the fact that he came in riding a donkey. You see, during a time of military conquest, a donkey would signify that of peace versus a horse would signify something of like like you're coming in and you're actually taking over as a warrior over the city. And yet Jesus doesn't come in in that way. He, he comes in in a humble, humble fashion to the people. Yet people are still shouting out Hosanna. People are still shouting out King of Kings. Like people are still shouting out all these different declarations over Jesus. But yet what Jesus finds himself in this moment is he finds himself modeling something. He finds himself modeling something for the disciples to get. But here's what I'll say. Many times what happens in life is is we have a plan. Anyone ever had a plan before? Come on, like you, you have a plan? Like the A-team, I grew up, uh, you know, watching the A-team as a, as a young man, and the A-team, they always had a plan, and, and, and 
Hannibal would always say at the end of it, I love it when a plan comes together, you know? Like that was his, that's what he'd say because he loved it when a plan would come together. And a lot of us have plans. We have plans with how life should happen. In fact, I would say this, some of us are living those plans out and others of us are struggling because the way we had life planned has not gone according to plan. Some of you have faced sickness. That was never in the plan. Some of you have walked through divorce. That was never in the plan. Some of you have walked through death and grieving, and that was never in the plan. Some of you are walking through struggles in your workplace. That was never in the plan. Some of you aren't living in the house that you always planned. Some of you aren't driving the car you always planned. Some of you don't have the job you always planned to have. No, you're in a season right now where it feels like maybe the plans aren't happening the way that you think they should. But you're, you're holding on. Jesus here in Matthew 26, actually verse 26, has his disciples in a moment where I think the disciples in the back of their mind had an idea of how things were going to go. In fact, I'm going to present maybe a thought today that the Scriptures doesn't necessarily come out and directly say, but something that I feel like the Lord has been just really pushing on my heart, really just kind of saying, Brian, I want you to really think about this. And I'm going to present it to you today, and it's just some insight that I think the Holy Spirit has been revealing and showing to me. I'm not adding to Scripture. I'm just examining and interpreting the Scripture and kind of thinking through what would have been going on in the minds of the disciples. You see, the disciples, I think, in many ways had seen and had experienced the people of God consistently conquering their enemies, if you look throughout the Old Testament, what you read about is you read about great men of faith who would go out and would take ground in the name of God. There would be great battles they would face. And there was constantly these moments where people of God would be empowered by the Spirit of God and they would do great things for God and they would conquer over other nations. They would rule over things. The children of Israel were familiar with this. There's nothing to think that the disciples would have ever thought that that was not the way things would go. Now, I know we get to read the whole story, but remember, the disciples didn't have the whole story. They were living out moment by moment, and up until this moment, they had seen Jesus do things differently. They had seen him heal the sick. They had seen him perform miracles. They had seen him now raise someone from the dead. But in the back of their mind, anytime they've seen someone placed as king, there was normally some uprival. There was some normal moment where the, the people of God would conquer the enemy. The disciples, I think, in many ways would have thought that same way. So here they find themselves in verse 26 of Matthew 26, sitting down with Jesus for a meal. It says this, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread. After blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples, and he said, take, eat, this is my body. This is the same moment that just a while back in the gathering today, we celebrated and remembered together. It goes on to say this, he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many, for the forgiveness of sins. Now just picture this for a minute. The disciples are hanging out with him and he starts grabbing the cup, 
grabbing the bread, says the bread's my body, the cup represents my blood. If you're thinking that you're going to conquer things in regards to by force, you're going to do it you know, through war, you're going to do it through some way, in a way you may even be thinking in the back of your mind, huh, is Jesus saying we're going to like, we're going to do this by force. We're going to we're going to take over those Roman, you know, the Roman rule. We're going to, you know, forcibly, you know, oppress them and, and conquer them. Because in their minds they wanted Jesus to be their king. They wanted Roman rule done with. They had seen how Rome had treated them. They wanted Rome out of the picture. Rome was not friends to the people of God. But he goes on to say this. He says, I will tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Now he's even speaking and alluding to a moment in the future to come. But verse 30, he says, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. So they eat, and then they sing a hymn. They sing a hymn of praise to God. So they gather together and they sing and they're, they're worshiping God and then now they're going to go out to the Mount of Olives. It says this, Then Jesus said to them all, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. And then enters this guy named Peter. Peter is known as the one who denied Christ. Peter's the one who, who rushes into the scene, as we'll read here a little bit later, and strikes off the ear of a servant. Peter's the guy who is always coming in and just kind of rambunctious and ready to go. But Peter, says this, answered him and said, though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Peter is making this bold statement. I will never. Listen, everyone else can. Everyone else can. But I'm telling you, I will never fall away. And here's why I think Peter, with such confidence, said those words to Jesus. I think Peter had a plan. I think Peter had a plan that he had been going over in his mind. He had been thinking about. He had been processing through. Why would Peter need to carry a sword? Why would Peter be one who would, would say, no, no, no matter what, I'll do it. I think Peter had a plan in the back of his mind. He, he had, had this plan that it was like, when the moment's just right, I will be ready to do battle for the Lord. And I'm telling you, there wasn't anything wrong with Peter's plan. The problem was, is Peter was doing his plan, not his plan. There's a big difference between your plan and his plan. There's a big difference between how you think things should go and how he thinks things should go. The problem with Christianity today is that we love following his plan when our plan lines up with his. But the minute that his plan doesn't line up with our plan, then we got problems. Now we start struggling. Now we start saying, man, I, I just don't know if this is the way things should be going. I don't even know if he even loves me. I don't even know if I can even trust him. Because all of a sudden, things aren't going according to your plan. They're going according to his plan. 
But Jesus looks right at Peter and says this. He says, truly, I tell you, this very night before the roaster crows, you will deny me three times. Now, I want you to make note of that number. How many times? How many times? Three times. But then look what Peter then says. Peter said to him, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Peter was so fixated on his plan that he literally says to Jesus, listen, even if, even if I have to die by my sword, even if that moment has to happen, I will not deny you. I will accomplish the plan that I've laid out in front of me. See, I think Peter had a plan the whole time. I think he had a plan, and the problem was is Peter had a plan, and he never asked him what his plan was. And you'll see that here in a moment. And that's why we're saying not according to plan, my plan. (laughs) See, Peter had probably thought, this is how things are going to go down. Peter had probably thought, I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. That's why he has a sword. Why does he need a sword? Like, how many of you are like, dude, I just carry a sword around all day. What's up? Got me a sword. You only carry that in case you need it, in case you're thinking something's going to go down. I don't carry a gun around town. Now, listen, I, I don't have a problem if you do. I just don't plan on using it. My mind does not go throughout the day. I'm thinking, man, who am I going to take out today? <laughs> I know some of you are like, dude, I'm ready. Listen, if it ever goes down, I'm ready. And I'm glad that you're ready, okay? But I'm just saying, I don't walk around town that way. Now, Peter, he was walking around town thinking that. Peter had the sword. He was ready to go. If anything happened, Peter was ready for the moment to unfold. Peter was ready. His plan was in place. He probably had been training. I could see Peter just like, you know, kind of pulling off to the side and being like, pulling that puppy out. He's like, man, if anyone gets near Jesus, If anyone's there, I will be the first. I will be the one. He was ready to implement his plan to protect Jesus at all costs. He would be the one that would make it happen. If everyone else would fall away, remember what he said? He said, even if I must die, I will not deny you. His mind was already going to, hey, even if I gotta die, I won't. Peter was committed to his plan. But here's what's interesting. Not just Peter, Then the scriptures tell us this, that all the disciples said the same. Now, if it was just Peter who was thinking this way, then the scriptures wouldn't have said that all the disciples said the same. No, all the disciples said the same. They're all like, yeah, this is how it's going to go down. I think in the back of their minds, they're thinking that this is how Jesus is going to come into power. That there's going to be a moment where they're going to have to implement We'll call it this, the Peter plan. The Peter plan was protect Jesus at all costs. The Peter plan was die if you have to. The Peter plan was this is how it's going to go down. You've got the plan. You've got it all figured out. But it wasn't just him. The disciples said the same, and the plan was simple. Protect Jesus at all costs. But Peter was looking at things, I think, in a way where he was saying, man, okay, this is how it's all going to go down. 
This is how it'll go if, if things begin to happen. And then look what verse 36, immediately it says this, then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. So imagine there's all these disciples. They've all just said, Jesus, no matter what the cost, we're here just like Peter. We got your back. No matter what, we're going to stick to the plan. And Jesus says to them, okay, guys, here's the plan, though. Come over here, sit, and pray. Jesus, did you not just hear us? We just said, Jesus, that we're ready to go to war. Jesus, we just said we're ready to take it by force. We just said we're ready to die, and now you're telling us, sit and pray? Jesus, are, are you listening? Dude, we got your back. There's a bunch of us, man. Like, did you not see what just happened a few days ago? You rode into the city. People were shouting out that you're the king. People were laying palm branches down. Come on, Jesus. Like, this is the time, man. We're ready. Sit. Pray. That, that's not the plan. That's not how things are supposed to go. Jesus, haven't you seen what the Romans are doing? Haven't you seen that, that they've been murdering others? Haven't you seen the oppression that they've put upon us? Haven't you seen all that? It's time. It's time. Sit and pray? And a group of them sit. But look what the scriptures continues to say. It says this, And taking them with him, Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Now remember, there's a group of them. There's disciples. There's a whole group of them who are all there, sit and pray. And then Jesus takes his favorites. Oh, on a side note for a minute. What do you do when Jesus picks someone else and not you? I don't have time to unpack all that, but what do you do? What do you do when Jesus says, hey, I need you to sit here and pray, when you've just told him you'll give him your life? And he says, no, I just want you to come over here and sit and pray. And then he takes three others and brings them into this inner circle moment and brings them over here. Do you know what would happen for much of the church today? We'd be so offended that that moment happened. Can you believe Jesus? He, he is not inclusive. He does not allow other people to come in. He is all about his favorites and the ones that he loves. And I don't even know about it. I don't even know if he even loves me. He just told me to go over there and sit. I just told him I would die for him. And he says, come over here and sit and pray. And then he takes Peter. Yeah, Peter, the lovely one, the one who everyone loves. And then the two sons of Zebedee. Yeah, the sons of thunder. Yeah, those guys are all in it. They get to go be with Jesus. Now, I know that's me reading into scriptures, but come on, think about it, though. Wouldn't these moments be the things that would be going through your mind? Because they're going through mine. Because I would be like, why does Peter and the, the sons of thunder get to go with you? What's up with that? But we don't have time to unpack all that, but just let that rest goes on to say this, he began to become sorrowful and troubled. And he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here. And look at this word. 
watch. In fact, look at your neighbor and say, watch. Watch. He says, watch with me. He's saying, observe. Look at what's happening. Watch what's going on. When you look at the definition of this and, and even look at the Greek word in there, it means to become fully awake, to be alert, to be bound, to watch. Think about that for a moment. There's this idea of being alert. There's this idea of becoming fully awake. There's this idea of, of you and I actually thinking about, okay, what does it look like for us to be alert in this moment? It's the same word that Jesus actually uses throughout the entire New Testament in different moments where he says things like this, hey, watch, be awake, stay awake, because I'm coming back. It's not just him saying, hey, stay awake in the way of like, stay awake with your eyes open. He's saying be engaged in the moment. He's saying be alert of what's going on. He's saying watch how I'm handling this. Watch what I'm modeling. Watch what's happening. He's saying be bound to it. Be, be a part of what's happening in these moments. He's saying watch and observe. Jesus is saying be alert. Don't miss what's happening right in front of you. But here's what I think happens in our lives as followers of Jesus. We miss moments because we're so fixed on our plan to happen that we miss what his plan is. Now I'm not, this is, this is the moment where it's totally me kind of looking into it. But could the disciples, the reason why they keep falling asleep as we'll see, could it be that in the back of their minds they're thinking, man, I think it's gonna go down. I need my strength for tomorrow because if it goes down like I'm thinking it's gonna go down and, and I need my strength. I, I, need, I need strength, and so the way I get strength is I need nourishment. Well, Jesus already took care of that. We sat, we ate together, but now I need to go to bed. I need to be ready for the moment. Because if they had thought it was a spiritual moment they were facing, why would they not pray? But if you think it's a physical moment you're facing, then of course you're going you're gonna to go to sleep. Do you see what I'm saying here? These are, these are things that I'm reading the scripture. I'm like, I've read this passage a lot. I've preached this passage a lot. And yet there are these things that the Lord was revealing to me. And I'm like, okay, like, could that be what was actually unfolding? In the physical, the disciples are like, I need sleep. My eyes are heavy. I need sleep because, man, like, I don't know what I'm going to be facing tomorrow. It may go down. And so here's what it says. It says, and going a little further, he fell on his face. This is speaking of Jesus. And prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, I, as I will, but as you will. This is the first time where we see Jesus actually saying to the father, listen, if there's a different way for this plan, your plan to unfold, can we do it? <laughs> like, I, I, know, I know the plan you've laid out. But is there a different way? Can the cup pass from me? I, I know you've declared this is the plan, but, but is there any way that we can get through this not having to go through that? Now people have asked the question, they've said, well, man, if God is God like, and Jesus is God, then, then why would Jesus not be willing? It wasn't that Jesus wasn't being willing. Jesus was modeling something for the disciples. 
He was modeling something for you and me. Jesus wasn't worried about the cross. He wasn't worried about the pain. He was modeling it. Do you understand? That is why he said to the disciples, watch. He's like, look, observe what I'm doing. Observe my life. I am submitting myself to his plan. Do you, do you see this? Jesus was saying, listen, watch me. I'm going to model for you what it means. Peter, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. You need to be paying attention. Peter, listen, watch me. Watch me. I'm going to model for you what it means to submit to someone else's plan. I'm going to model for you what it means to submit to God. I'm modeling it for you. And look at the numbering that happens here. It says this. He came to the disciples and he found them sleeping. He's sleeping. Peter's sleeping. The sons of thunder are sleeping. So Jesus says to Peter, he says, so could you not watch with me one hour? Could you not observe what I'm doing for one hour? Could you not see what I'm modeling? Could you not see what I'm, what I'm submitting myself to? Could you not see what I'm going through? I'm, I'm crying in front of you. I'm, I'm in agony. I'm telling you I'm in agony. I'm showing you I'm with that in agony. I, I'm modeling it for you, and yet you're over here sleeping? And we give Peter and the disciples a lot of, like, we were like, man, they're so dumb. Why would they not? I think it's because they were thinking about their plan. I got to be ready. If the moment goes down, I got to be strong. And God many times is looking at you and me and he's saying, listen, stop trying to figure out the plan and just submit yourself to my plan. Because some of us, we're so fixated on being ready for the moments that are coming up that we become in a way, like we, we get out of God's plan because we're so worried about accomplishing a plan that we think God is laying out when it's not him laying it out at all. Jesus says to Peter, be alert to what is happening, how I'm praying, the sorrow I'm experiencing. And then look what, look what he says after this. After he says, so you could not watch with me one hour. Then he says to him, watch. And then what does he add to it this time? He says, now not only watch, but pray. Now what is prayer? Prayer is talking to the Father. So, so here we go for a minute. Come with me for a second. He, Jesus says the first time, watch me. Watch what I do. He doesn't tell them to pray the first time. He says watch. The second time now he says, watch me and pray. He's like, now I, pray, talk to God. If, if you can't even just watch what I'm doing and follow my example here, then at least talk to the Father and he'll tell you his plan. He'll tell you, Peter, all you gotta do is talk to him. Just say, hey, God, why is Jesus crying? Why is he sorrowful? Why is this moment happening? But Peter doesn't do that. What does Peter do again? He falls asleep. He gives in to the flesh. Because like Jesus says here, he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
So it says this, again, for the second time, he went away. He prayed, and he said this. He said, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. What is Jesus doing a second time? He's modeling for the disciples and modeling for us submission to his plan for a second time. Then it goes on to say this. Again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. Now think about that. Another time, Jesus finds them sleeping. It says this, so leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time. How many times? Three times. How many times was Peter going to deny Jesus? Three times. Interesting. How many days later would Jesus rise from the dead? Three days. Oh, okay. All right. Something about three here. Okay. Um, so then it says this. Then he came to the disciples, and he said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of the sinners. Rise up. Be going, see, my betrayer is at hand. Jesus literally says to him, okay, guys, listen. I, <laughs> I've come to you three times. Three times I've come to you. Three times I've been here. Three times I've asked the Father if, it's, if there's any other way, then could the cup pass? But three times I submit. Three times I model it for you. Three times I'm talking to God. And at the end of it, he basically now says, hey, my betrayer's at hand. And if you've been watching me, now understand this. If you've been watching me, you will see how we're to respond to the betrayer. Listen, I asked you to watch, and I told you to talk to the Father, who would reinforce what I'm doing here. Like he, he would see I'm in alignment with him. I'm asking you to watch because my betrayer is getting ready to come onto the scene. And when he comes onto the scene, you need to follow my lead. But what happens when you and I have a plan, we implement the plan that we think rather than his plan. And this is exactly what Peter does. Peter has the Peter plan, right? He's got the sword. He's ready. He's going to engage in the moment. Peter is, by all means, got it all planned out and all thought through. But here's what I need you to see before we get to that moment. Is that before Peter ever denied Christ publicly, he denied Christ personally. You see, what you do in your personal walk with Jesus will determine how you respond publicly. You see, Peter said, no, no matter what, I'll die for you. Peter plan in motion. But because Peter did not have self-discipline in his life, in the personal moments, are you tracking with me here? Are you guys, if you're tracking, are you tracking? I mean, like, I'm trying to see your heads. No one's really saying much. I don't know if it's because you're, like, trying to follow me, but 
If you're with me, say amen. amen. Okay, good. <laughs> so Peter, think about this. He, in this moment, denied Christ personally before he ever got to the public moment. And because of that, now you may say, did he really deny Christ? He fell asleep when Jesus took him and said, watch and pray. Three times Jesus comes back to him and says, hey, Peter, come on, dude. Like, can you not just stay up? It's only been an hour. It really hasn't been that long, Peter. I'm not asking for that much, Peter. I'm asking for you to watch me. Now I'm asking you to watch and talk to God, but you can't do it. Peter's life was speaking to what he was going to do publicly later. Because Peter had a plan. But see, what Jesus was modeling was Jesus was modeling something different. He was trying to help you and I understand something. What Jesus was modeling is he was modeling that you and I are to follow the Father's plan no matter the cost. He was saying, listen, just follow the Father's plan no matter what the cost. Listen, if it costs your life and it's his plan, it's okay. But if it's not his plan for you to give your life, then don't follow that plan. Follow my plan. Because sometimes we ask the question, is there any other way? Just like Jesus did. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with asking questions. I've asked Jesus a lot of questions throughout the years. Okay, like, Father, why is this happening? Why is this happening? I'm asking questions all the time. Father, is there any other way that we could walk through it? Now think about the things that you and I have to walk through in life. And there are times where I think we go to the Father and we say this. We say, Father, is there any other way that I have to walk through this sickness? Is there any other way I have to walk through this struggle? Is there, is there another way that I have to walk through this hardship? Is there any other way to walk through this moment of not quite understanding? Is there any other way to walk through you fill in the blank? But what happens is, is we get so fixated on our plan and the way we think that things should go is that if it doesn't line up with our plan, then we think it can't be God. When the two go hand in hand together, our plan and his plan, we're like, yes, we're all on board. But the minute that his plan deviates from our plan, now we got problems. We begin to go with our plan, ignoring the plan that's been set in front of us. Listen, God models things right in front of us, and yet we choose to get so fixated on our plan. But remember, Jesus had said, listen, rise, let's, let us be going, because he says to him, he says, listen, my betrayer's at hand, so let's go back into the scriptures, verse 47, here's what it says. It says, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a great crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now pause here for a minute. Jesus knew this moment was coming, right? What did he just tell his disciples? He said, listen guys, the betrayer's coming. This moment's gonna happen. Don't be surprised. Don't freak out. If you've been watching, you'll see how we need to respond. But remember, Peter has a plan. So when the betrayer says this, when the betrayer had given them a sign, he said, the one I kiss is the man sees him. He came up to Jesus at once and said, greetings, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Now listen, if Jesus, now pause here for another moment. If Jesus, his plan was to take him by force, Jesus would have been like, when, when Judas came up to kiss him, he'd have been like, no, 
bam! Just, I mean, could you imagine, like, like I picture that moment. Like, Judas comes in, he's like, the one I kiss is the one. And Jesus is like, you think you can kiss me? You cannot. Punches him right in the face. But that's not what Jesus does. Because Jesus' plan was not his plan. It was the Father's plan. Jesus wasn't going to do this thing by force. He was actually going to be the one that would receive. It says this, Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you have come to do. They came up and they laid hands on Jesus and they seized him. And that was when it clicked. That's when Peter was like, it's the Peter playing moment. This is the moment. This is the one I've been training for. This is the one I know. Like, I'm ready. Like, I, man, I got good sleep last night. Like, I'm, I am set. I'm ready to go. Peter pulls out his sword, and the scriptures say this. Put it out there. And behold, one says, of those who are with Jesus, stretched out his hand, drew his sword, and struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his ear. Peter is like, come home, fellas. This is the moment we've all been planned, we're all ready for. Come on, guys, let's do this. And I can almost picture like all the other disciples around like, yeah, Peter. And they're probably getting ready, and Jesus is like, whoa, 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 hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Puts the guy's ear back on. He doesn't really know what the plan is. Sorry about that. Because that's what the scriptures tell us. It says that Jesus performed a miracle in that moment, placed the guy's ear back on, boom, ear back on. Could you imagine everyone sitting around like, what just happened? That dude, you know he went home, that high priest servant went home later on. He was like, honey, my ear got chopped off. Pull on it. It's back. But see, what Peter did is Peter implemented his plan. And Jesus said to him this, put your sword back in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Peter probably in his moment, in that mind, he's like, that's what I said, Jesus. I said I would die for you. But Jesus looks at him and says, do you think that I cannot appeal to my father? and that he will at once send me more than 12 legions of angels. Jesus is like, listen, if I'm not scared of these guys. Like, I'm not worried about these guys right here. Listen, if I wanted to, all I got to do is ask, and they're here. Like, the Navy SEAL angels are here, like, on the spot surrounding me. Like, dude, it's all good. Peter, I... This isn't the way it's supposed to go. In fact, Peter, Peter, if you had been watching me, Peter, if you hadn't been so fixated on your plan, Peter, if you had been watching me and you had talked to the Father, you'd have known what his plan is and you would have known that this is not the way things are going to go. And Peter, you're in for a rude awakening. But then it says this, but how then should the scriptures be fulfilled that it must be so? Even Jesus himself was saying, listen, the plan was in place. The scriptures have declared it. See, so many of us struggle 
when things don't go according to our plan. Listen, I don't know today what it is in your life that you thought would happen this way, but it hasn't happened that way, and you've almost given up. Or some of you are forcing the plan to unfold. You're like, I'm, I'm committed to the plan no matter what. And, and God's like, listen, that's not the plan for your life. Why are you walking that? that that's not the plan. Stop forcing it. Watch me and talk. Watch and pray. In fact, that's the simplicity of the message today is watch what Jesus models for us throughout the scriptures and then pray. You watch and you pray. And if you watch and you pray, the scriptures say this, you won't fall into temptation. So if you watch and you pray, then you won't fall into temptation. Peter, 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 listen, Peter, listen, listen. If you'll watch me and you'll pray personally in this moment when no one else is watching, when no one's cheering your name, if you'll watch and you'll be faithful in the personal times, then publicly you'll be ready to stand. Here's what I know. Peter's name could be your name. Could be my name. Brian, stop getting so fixated on your plan, on how you think it should go. Watch. Watch. Watch how Jesus models it. Watch how Jesus loves his enemies. Watch how Jesus turns the cheek. Watch how Jesus loves God with all his heart, with all his soul, with all his mind, with all his strength. Watch, watch how Jesus takes care of the poor. Watch how Jesus heals the sick. Watch how Jesus walks in faith. Watch, watch, watch. And then talk to the Father. And if you'll talk to the Father, then you won't fall into temptation. Could the problem be with many of our prayers? Could the problem not be with talking to God, but it's what prayer we're praying. We're praying, Father, help my plan unfold. Here's the plan. God, here's the plan for Brian Henley. Here it is. I got it. If you could, if you could just take care of this, that'd be great. And what God's looking at is he's, not looking for my plan to unfold. He's not looking for your plan to unfold. He's looking for his plan to unfold. And the minute that you and I lay our plans down and say, okay, no, your plan, then guess what happens? When his plan unfolds, our plans are accomplished because he has put dreams inside of you and he has put visions inside of you, but those have to die to him first. And then when we say, God, it's your plan first, we watch and we pray, then what happens is, is then we don't fall into temptation because the spirit is weak, but the flesh is strong. So that's why we watch and that's why we pray. What Peter was modeling for us was, wasn't a guy who who just blew it publicly. He was modeling something for us and Jesus was constantly speaking to the opposite of it. Yeah, Peter, you're gonna deny me three times. Here, watch me three times. Watch me three times. 
Yeah, three times I'm gonna submit myself to the Father's plan. Yeah, three times, Peter, you need to submit yourself to my plan, to the plan that the Father has. Yeah, three times personally, you're gonna fall asleep when I needed you to be watching and praying. And yeah, it's gonna lead to three times publicly where someone's gonna say, hey, weren't you with him? And you're gonna look at him and go, I don't even know the guy. All because your plan. See, when things don't go according to our plan, we begin to question everything. Later we read that Peter does deny, but he watches and he prays. Now let me just fast forward. I can't unpack all of it, but this is kind of cool. When Jesus says to his disciples after he's gone, the cross has happened, the resurrection's happened, right? Jesus says to his disciples, he says, uh, hey guys, I need you to go up in the room right here at the book of Acts in the first part of Acts before the church is really born in there. He says, hey guys, I need you guys to go up in, a, in this upper room and I need you to wait. I need you to watch. <laughs> I, need you, I need you just to wait because I'm sending for you someone else that's the Holy Spirit and you'll do great things. But you gotta wait. You gotta watch. So what does Peter do? Peter later finds himself in a spirit of brokenness. And he goes and he watches, and he waits, and he prays. He follows the example that Jesus led for him, and what ends up happening? The Holy Spirit descends upon all of them. Peter is filled with the power of the Holy Spirit because he watched and he prayed, and all of a sudden now Peter's preaching a message, and over 3,000 people are coming to know Jesus. How do those moments happen? It's because Jesus modeled it, and Peter chose to submit himself to his plan, not his plan. When Peter put his plan down and said, okay, you said go sit in the room and wait, okay, I'll do it. I don't know what part of God's plan he's asking for you to follow, but here's what I know. Some of us are so fixated in our plan that we're missing his plan. Drop your plan and let his plan rule. And what will happen in your life is you'll see moments like the scriptures talk about. Model. Jesus modeled it for us. So watch and pray. Watch and pray so that you may not fall into temptation. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Read the scriptures, watch what Jesus does. Pray to the Father, watch and pray. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes across the room. Father, across this room are many dreams, many visions, many plans. Father, I know even in myself, God, there are plans that I have. God, plans that I believe you've given me even. But Father, may I or no one else in this room ever put our plans ahead of your plans. Father, no, we submit our plans to you and we want your plans. Father, we want to follow your lead. We don't want to be so fixated on our plans that we, that we force our plans to happen. No, God, let us see your plans. Let us see your plans for our workplace. Let us see your plans for our community. Let us see your plans for our family. Let us see your plans for our marriage. Let us see your plans for our lives. God, let us see your plans. Father, let us watch. Let us be people who would watch and pray. Let us be people who would watch and pray. 
If you're here today with heads about and eyes closed and, and you haven't submitted to God's plan, you see, here's the reality is that apart from God's plan for your life, you can't do it. Like you can't be good enough to forgive yourself of your sins. No, there's only one way. There's only one plan. And that plan is that Jesus died upon the cross for you. He came to bring freedom for you. He came and gave his life for you. And a part of that plan has always been this gift. The word of God tells us, for by grace you have been saved, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. God has a gift for you today. It's called forgiveness of sin. It's called a personal relationship with the Father. It's a part of his plan. It's why he left heaven and came to earth so that the plan could unfold. That's why three times in the garden, he said, if this cup could pass, no, he was thinking of you each and every one of those times. And he would say, no, because of you, I gotta do it. This is the way it's gotta go. This is the plan. And if today you have not accepted that free gift, you haven't said, Jesus, come into my life, be Lord of my life, forgive me of my sins, then today is your moment, today is your time where the Father is reaching out to you and he's saying, listen, here's the plan, forgiveness of sin. And you may go, but, but I've done too many wrong things. I've done this, I've done that. I don't even know about all this. And God today is saying, listen, the plan is this. I came, I gave my son, Jesus, who died upon a cross for you, for freedom from sin. And he's saying, if you'll accept it today, if you'll just accept the gift, I will change your life. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm just gonna ask this question. If today you need to accept that free gift, of surrendering to God's plan, I know how to pray a real simple prayer with you. We believe will be a moment for you that will help you start that journey of having a personal relationship with the Father because he is crazy, madly in love with you. And you're not here by accident today. No, he's crazy, madly in love with you and says, listen, I want a personal relationship with you. Will you receive that today? And if that's you, here's what I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm gonna ask you just real quickly. I'm not gonna ask you to come up front or anything. I'm just gonna ask you just to raise your hand and just to keep that hand up and say, that's me. Today, that's me. I need that personal relationship with Jesus, and I want to pray that prayer with you. If that's you today, would you just, just real quickly just raise your hand? You'd say, that's me. That's me. Just say, that's me. So, Father, look here across this room, and I ask that you would speak to the hearts and lives of people across this room. So, Father, right now we come before you and we thank you, God, that in a moment like this, God, that could mean that there are many, God, who have already surrendered. They've already given their life to you. And so I pray that today, God, people would take the challenge to watch and to pray, to follow your example, to trust you in all things. I pray, Father, that even though we have plans and things that we see that need to unfold, God, I pray that, that we would always stay submitted to your plan, to your purpose to what it is that you're doing. And so, Father, I pray that your plan would unfold in us today. In Jesus' name.